You know, people come up to me and they say, hey, Jordan, what's your tip for unwinding during times of stress? And I always have to say to them, well, I have three tips, so sit back. The first is a simple breathing exercise. You just close your eyes and breathe in, breathe out. And some of you may call it meditation. I just call it simply breathing. It's a little workout that I do. It's uh, you just you, you don't need to stand doing it or sit. You do whatever you want in whatever space you want. You don't need to face your demons. You don't need to do it for a specific amount of time. You, you just you close your eyes, you inhale, exhale, and that can be it. Hopefully you'll relax after that. We're all flawed human beings looking for the light. And the breathing just happens to help me. But it may not help all of you. So that's why I have the, uh, the first, the, 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 that's the first tip. This is my second tip. Uh, and that is you take a big fat dildo and hit people with it in the street at random. That's right. I said a dildo, not a vibrator. A vibrator may start an electrical fire and may harm someone. You don't want to get sued. What you do is you take the dildo, and it, it can be any size, any ethnicity. This is an indiscriminate activity. And you go out, and you just start whacking people away. You can do it in the arm, the head. You know, dildos are like phone books. They don't leave a bruise. The only difference is families don't have a standard issue one sitting in their kitchen next to the phone. So you take the dildo, and you start just... just Whack, whack, whacking away it can be at anybody. If you're having it out with a friend, go to their house and bang on the door. You can bang with the dildo, but don't wear it out. You're about to get in combat mode. So once your friend answers the door, you start whacking them. If they have their mouth open, you, you just take that window of time to lodge it in. As deep as you can go. Then you push them aside and enter the home. See if there's anybody else, any other belligerents who need taken care of. You just better hope that family doesn't have a firearm because you're bringing a dildo to a gunfight. That's not known to work in your favor. So that's my second option. I have a third option, and that is just jogging. I'm Jordan Peterson, and these are my tips for how to unwind. So Tom Cruise is in trouble. I don't know if you guys have heard, but uh, he's in some hot water. Some people are uh, on his side. There's other people who... You know, they're kind of anti-Cruz people, which, you know, they've always existed. He's a controversial figure. But there was some audio that was released, about a three-minute audio clip of Tom Cruise. There's no video. You can just hear him. It's kind of like the Christian Bale thing. He was, uh, he was yelling at some staff members on the set of the new Mission Impossible movie. They had apparently violated COVID-19 regulations on the set. And I find it disgusting, absolutely appalling. Not the fact that he was yelling at people. I find that hilarious. Uh, I'm talking about the fact that there's a new Mission Impossible movie. Ugh. When is that franchise going to go down in flames? Which one are they on now? Number 27, is that it? What are they going to do that is going to top the last stunt? He jumped out of a, a plane at like 60,000 feet up in the air and landed in Paris. That was apparently a real thing that they did with real cameras. I don't know if he actually landed in Paris, but th that was the stunt, okay? It was amazing. And then the movie before, he was riding the plane. He was outside of the plane. He was using magnets. I don't know how high they actually went up to film that. I doubt he was actually in the sky. He may have been. You know, he, he, he does exhibit superhuman abilities at times. It's the baby's blood. No, I'm kidding. Whatever the conspiracy, that stupid fucking conspiracy is. No, but what, what are they going to do now? Are they going to make him crash the plane? 
Maybe add an extra layer of complexity to the movie franchise. You just He crashes the plane into a warehouse and he's now a terror suspect and he's got to prove his innocence. Just, you know, it's, it's a usual deal. I'm sure they've done that in a few other movies, I think. What's the stunt going to be for the new Mission Impossible? Is he going to box Bieber? Maybe that was just a, that whole boxing Bieber thing last year was just a a marketing ploy to get people prepared for the next Mission Impossible. Remember that? Remember when Justin Bieber had signed a a contract saying he was going to box Tom Cruise? That that was an actual moment. And I don't know who would win. They're both in pretty good shape. Tom Cruise is, you know, granted almost 60 years old. Justin Bieber is still a young snapper. But I think that maybe I think that maybe should if if you're going to get me to go see it, I need to see Bieber and Cruz beat the shit out of each other. They're two very polarizing figures in Hollywood, and I think it would be a perfect match. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, Mr. Hunt, you are going to engage in a prize fight with a world-famous pop star from Canada. It will take place at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. To add uh, some extra thrills and entertainment to the match... You will be fighting to the song Baby featuring Ludacris, which will be playing on loop through the entire duration of the match. You have 60 seconds to accept this mission before the glasses explode. I always wonder why the glasses do explode in those movies. Like, why, why that's in it. Like, if they have the technology to communicate a message when you put on sunglasses, if they have the ability to create gadgets that do that, why does it have to, that's kind of radical, you know? Like, why doesn't it just erase shit? Like, regular answering machines used to erase information, and it would just go away. It wouldn't go to a database, it would just go away. Flip phones in the 2000s could do that. My phone sure as shit can do it. I just had somebody text me the secret address to the next COVID orgy. I burnt the numbers into my memory and erased it. And now it's nowhere to be found. <sighs> yeah, Tom Cruise, I, I, people, people are sort of split on this Tom Cruise freak out. There's a lot of people who say, well, it's cruel to do that. You know, these people are working their asses off. And I do agree. But I think when you're a famous movie star, uh, when, when you're famous at that magnitude, when you have that kind of impact in Hollywood and you're, you should almost be entitled to a freak out every now and then it's kind of entertaining as long as nobody's getting hurt although I do think uh, that would add something a little oomph to uh, a Tom Cruise controversy if he just started wailing away at a PA not any PA there's a lot of them that do some great work there's a lot of them they take a lot of shit on those sets I worked as a PA for a couple of days Granted, I was an intern. I wasn't getting paid. And I saw a lot of shit. But there are a lot of PAs that kind of deserve a little, a little something, you know, to get them motivated, to get them to behave. Again, PAs, they take a lot of garbage. They pick up a lot of garbage. But there's a lot of them that just benefit from nepotism. They have an uncle who's a producer, who's a higher up, who's gotten him a nice cushy job fetching coffee. And they use their time to just kind of 
fuck the dog, so to speak. That's, a, that's an industry term for slacking off. You find them passed out underneath the craft services table. You wanted a, a Slim Jim for a snack. You wanted to sneak a, possibly a stick of licorice, and they've uh, stuck it down their pants for some reason. I'm not going to ask what they were doing with it. But they've now fallen asleep. They're incapacitated. And you can't do anything about it. You just got to get them, let them be. Those are the guys that deserve maybe a good fist in the face from Cruzy. That's all I'm saying. Besides, I don't want to live in a world where Tom Cruise isn't freaking out. He's probably the all-time best at celebrity freakouts. Like, think about it. Like, he had the Oprah one where, again, granted, he was happy. I think he was getting laid for possibly the first time. And then he had the Matt Lauer thing where he was debating psychoanalysis. I believe something like that. I got to replay it. And then uh, perhaps my all-time favorite cruise freakout was in 2005 on the red carpet of the War of the Worlds premiere. A reporter started, you know, kind of pushed through the crowd to get Cruz to come to an interview. Cruz obliges him. He says, hey, what's up, buddy? The reporter sticks the microphone in his face and proceeds to spray water all over him. Now, as you can imagine, Tom Cruise was less than pleased and started slamming him a little bit. In the most Tom Cruise way you could ever really imagine. You're a jerk. <laughs> That's what he said. You are, I'm, I'm doing an interview and you do something. I remember, I remember what he said. And then you do something really nasty. That's what he said. You are a jerk, sir, because you can't, you have to sell a movie. You can't be politically incorrect with a thing like that. You just kind of have to, you know, you have to convey your anger in a way that is consumable for the masses. Even your freakouts have to be prepackaged, right? You're a jerk. That's the most calculated robotic thing to say. I, I, I would have loved it if he just kept going. Like, you're, you're a jerk. Your mother is a trollop. Good day to you. I don't know if the guy got arrested after that. Something probably, he probably went missing. Something, something went down. No, but I, like, I, I can't imagine being that famous. Like, a, a guy like Tom Cruise where... Everything that you do and say is put under this microscope. It is constantly analyzed. You, you, you can't really go out. You can't do anything. You just, you just make money making movies. And every now, like, when, when you live a life with those kind of restraints, and I know it sounds crazy because the guy's practically a billionaire, and it's like, well, you know, what freedom doesn't he have? He doesn't have the freedom to act like a regular fucking person to conduct a conversation. He's like one of the royals, you know, like the royal family, Queen of England. You always hear that they can't make small talk, so they have to talk about, or they can only make small talk, so they have to talk to you about uh, the weather and uh, what you had for lunch, things like that. They can't get into the bigger things because they don't, that, that wouldn't be proper. And that's what a lot of those movie stars are like, like Cruz. He can't tweet. It's no wonder he doesn't have social media. Like his social media, what would his social media be? What, what, he, can't, he can't say anything because people would just freak out. It would be like, had to had eggs and bacon for breakfast. Did you say eggs? Are you criticizing a woman's reproductive organs? And those are the dudes. Wildlife of a star. I couldn't imagine being that famous. 
I'm not famous at all. I just I do a tiny little podcast for a couple of uh, listeners, but um, I don't know. Could, couldn't imagine that. I'm, I'm probably like a lot of you. So it's good to be back in my parents' place. I'm uh, I'm here for the holidays. We got Christmas on Christmas on Friday. It's a Friday. Uh, it's it's a weekend thing this year, and it's going to be different. Not just because of all the COVID stuff and not being able to see anybody, but I'm I'm not drinking. This is my first Christmas of not drinking, and I, I I've kept thinking about like what I do in the event of maybe you know a couple family members crack open some brews, and I'm just going to have to just not do it. I'm just going to have to sort of duke it out mentally. And, uh, you know, and, and again, I'm not an addict. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm nothing. I just, I'm, I, I was a heavy drinker and I was going down a path. And I said this before in an earlier pod, I was going down a path where if I had kept doing it in, in the fashion that I was, it, it would have resulted in something not good. I, I would have become just an uglier person. I was always just pissed off. I was getting depressed. It was, it was, it wasn't good. I don't have a rock bottom story to tell you. I just wasn't any fun to be around after a while. I was very grumpy, and I just decided, like, I the the one the one thing that I believe is making a difference in this situation is the booze. I quit smoking as well, but that's a different thing. And again, my my anxiety has gone away for the most part. I'm not as depressed. I'm getting ready to attack the day. Shit like that. And uh, yeah, I just kind of quit. I just decided one day that was it. I don't have a rock bottom story. I don't have any, you know, I, I, I didn't, you know, I, I don't have this tale to tell you about. You know, I passed out naked on the sidewalk and woke up to an old lady's cane poking me in the face like, my Harry wouldn't do this. Like, that wasn't me. I just went to a friend's house that night, got super drunk, put on a green wig and proceeded to do a Cardi B impression. Now, it was actually quite good and fairly respectful. It may be floating around on the internet somewhere, but just when you're boozed, you're boost. Yeah, it's going to be different. I don't know what I'm going to do in that situation. It's And it was just the beer that I was into. I wasn't into hard liquor. I never really went down that road that much. I would have some shots most nights, but it was mainly it was mainly beer, like whatever I can get my hands on. It started out Budweiser. Then Coors Light became the standard sort of brew that I would go for at a bar. Moosehead, that's good Canadian beer. Uh, Crack Canoe, which is the low-calorie kind, I would have a lot of that. It would be nothing really hard. It, would, it wouldn't be anything of substance. Like the elite drinkers, they're not drinking beer like that. They're not even really drinking beer. Whatever they're drinking, whatever, whatever, uh, you know, Jameson whiskey, Jim Beam, some nice, some nice good bourbon or some nice scotch, something like that, placenta, no. <laughs> That's what the rich people are, uh, are uh, consuming. It's going to be weird for the people who are seeing family this year. I'm I'm only I have my two sisters and my parents. We usually have some aunts, some uncles that come over, and it's nothing big. It's just us kind of sitting around a table this year, and it's it's uh, we sometimes have a party or we go to a party, and there's some stuff happening. But the the house is empty. You still feel the Christmas cheer because my parents both like Christmas, and it's there. But the festivities, they're they're we've toned it down. 
You can tell if you were living in my home in the basement, didn't even know a pandemic was happening. You could still feel it in my house. It's a, it's a weird kind of vibe. And there's a lot of people who, you know, th this might be a good thing that people are kind of taking time away from each other. They have one Christmas where where nothing's really happening. You don't have anybody really communicating. There's, there's none of those awkward family tensions for the people who don't like each other. You don't have to deal with that shit. You don't have to separate Uncle Joe and Uncle Tony. They're away from each other. They don't have to see each other for 365 days. It's a breather. The next year when they see each other, they'll likely get in a fist fight by the end of the night, but it'll be that, that there will be a buffer. There will be just a time. It won't happen as quickly. You can have a good three or four hours of enjoying yourself before the violence starts. Maybe perhaps you were fighting with one of your siblings. Your brother came out of the closet last Thanksgiving. And you were drunk, and you were kind of making fun, and you had some choice words. Now, granted, that's not very nice. But you have demons that you need to fight. And perhaps this is the Christmas that you sit back by yourself, and you face those demons. I'm not talking about a Jordan Peterson breathing exercise. I'm talking about maybe an online Zoom psychiatry session. You deal with that. So the next time you see your brother, you, you just, you guys are friends again. You don't want to do that. You don't want to just come to Christmas after a whole blowout on Thanksgiving. Your brother comes to the table with a new friend. Hey, this is Larry. He's a very special person in my life. Well, and then you just start swearing. You're saying homophobic things. You're doing whatever. That would be an awkward Christmas dinner. If only weeks after your homophobic tirade, you're just standing at the doorway, just looking at him, he's looking at you, you're both staring at each other with murder eyes. That would be a funny liquor commercial, actually. Just uh, two brothers, they've been estranged, one straight, one gay. The straight one said some homophobic things. The gay one is very angry. But the straight brother has to just kind of go home for Christmas and take it on the chin, metaphorically. The two of them see each other. They're just about to pounce, about to go at each other's throats. And then Captain Morgan, please drink responsibly. Going to be an interesting time. I've been working at home. Like I've just been carrying my work everywhere I go with me, and I like being employed right now. I'm fortunate. There's a lot of people who aren't doing it. I guess that's kind of a Christmas thing. I can sit back and reflect on the things that I'm fortunate for having, you know? And I, I am happy that I'm, uh, I got a job. You know, I like writing. I like what I do. I certainly couldn't have imagined uh, doing this two years ago. Or uh, three years ago when I was working at my dad's warehouse for him. I was doing a lot of manual labor, driving a forklift. Possibly violated several safety regulations. But hey, nepotism. Hooray. That was a weird time being the boss's kid. I worked uh, at a... Uh, I'm not going to go too into uh, what kind of business it was. But I uh, worked for the old man. 
And uh, there were some people who I got along with, some people who wanted to cut my throat, and then there were some people smack dab in the middle who just kept their mouths shut. Excuse me. They stayed away from me, I stayed away from them, and we were in harmony with each other. It's weird when you're the boss's kid because you do kind of have to just, you know, deal with it. If you want a job, if you want those benefits, you got to deal with people not liking each other. Or, no, excuse me, not liking you. But I, was, I, wasn't like, I wasn't like the regular boss's kid. Like, people have a certain stereotype in mind when they, when they picture the boss's child, you know? When you think the boss's child, you probably think of a guy showing up to work three hours late with sunglasses on, just, okay, everybody, I'm here. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, uh, sorry I'm late. I just uh, I walked into the wrong building. <laughs> that was about uh, an hour away. Went the wrong direction. Uh, but uh, I pulled over. I got, uh, I got back on the highway uh, with a, a nice Polish man. He pointed uh, out the directions to me. And uh, here I, uh, just, uh, I I'm just going to need to... Uh, somebody to pour me a coffee, and uh, I'm going to be in the back room, blinds drawn. Uh, if a guy with a big beard and sunglasses comes in here with a Hell's Angels crest on the back of his jacket, just tell him where I am. I wasn't that kid. I was different. I drove a Pontiac Sunfire to work. I showed up on time. I was just maybe a bit of a douche. I was just maybe a bit, you know, like the guy who's an asshole, but he's not mean. He's just an asshole. Like, you just, you can get away I wasn't great with numbers. I wasn't amazing at my job. I was a bit, you know, I would walk in every morning and one of the guys sitting at the desk in sales would just go, he would do that actual sound when I walked in. And I just kind of had to deal with that. It wasn't nice. And here's what I think of that experience in a nutshell. Nobody wants to be treated unfairly. Nobody wants to stick out. Nobody wants people judging them based on preconceived notions, whatever. But at the end of the day, they kind of were right to resent me in a weird way. I was in an awkward position. I wasn't just going to get fired for the things that they would necessarily get fired. I could make more mistakes than them. That was just kind of the deal. I did my job to the best of my abilities. I wasn't amazing. There were probably people who could run circles around me in that position. But I was a shipper receiver, whatever. I would unload trucks. I would uh, send out deliveries. And that was my thing. I would drive a delivery truck every now and then. That was it. But they were right to resent me. I was just kind of... That was the guy I was. Anyways, everybody, I'm going to end it there. Uh, It's been real. Uh, You've listened to the Something's Off podcast. Don't forget to get me on Instagram, Something's Off podcast. Uh, That's that's the handle. Uh, Pretty basic. And uh, follow me on Spotify everybody. Decades.